This show contains language that is unsuitable for children. Grant us love with good intention. May we find peace in the midst of ascension. We know what they make us, though they try to break us and say we love us, we do love us. Welcome to Straight Vibes, No Chasers. Raw talk on coming out of the closet about our fears and why we're so hell-bent on resisting our highest good. This podcast focuses on the African-American experience concerning fear and our long-standing romance with mediocrity. You can follow and comment on the show topics on Instagram at SBNC underscore podcast or go to PennyMurray.com where you can also find out more about Dr. Murray's work, her book, Giving Myself Permission, and the African-American Council on Fear. Now, here's your host, Dr. Penny Murray. Hey, and welcome to Straight Vibes, No Chasers from Dallas, Texas. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I have to say my feeling state has gone through six degrees of transition over the last few months. To be honest, over the last few years with all of the social, political, and judicial unrest that's going on in our country. It's just, it's been a lot. And then I think about the direct and indirect sobering consequences regarding the continued disregard of black life, all the effects that it has on the African-American psyche. Families are being ruined. Communities of color live in terror and trauma the continued decay of racial and social wellness, cities, states, and a country on edge. This this isn't healthy. And, And this definitely is not what Supreme Spirit intended for us. Now, while the current landscape in our society angers and perplexes me, I'm digging my high heels in and I'm becoming more grounded and determined to do my part in collaborating with the universe to bring about self-reconciliation and inner wellness in the African-American community. I'm your host, Dr. Penny Murray. My theory about this continued disregard of black life rests on one word, compliance. If that word doesn't work for you, then, then here's another one, obedience. Both are rooted in the antiquated stay-in-your-place mentality of slavery and Jim Crow. Here's what I mean. The brutality of slavery and Jim Crow taught African Americans the the concept of obedience, referred to as stay-in-your-place. When white America declared themselves superior, African Americans were expected to kowtow to the demands of white superiority and never question or go against white authority. So our place in the minds of white America was of inferiority, servitude, and submission. African Americans paid a brutal price throughout history when white America thought we were getting out of our place. Fast forward to the 21st century. African Americans are no longer groveling to unchecked white domination. We're exercising our inherent and civil rights and beginning to question the bullshit accusations and demands of so-called white authority. In response to African Americans exercising our rights, the egos of antebellum white privilege are reinstating a 3.0 version of stay in your place reminders. 
The bullshit tactics that they're using, they're no different from the first version during slavery or the second version during Jim Crow that forced African-Americans to comply or obey white authority. But there is something in the atmosphere I know, I mean, I'm just, I, I sense it and I know others do as well, but there is a, a zeitgeist, if you will, occurring. Uh, and a zeitgeist means spirit of the times. It refers to an invisible force or consciousness governing the, the social circumstances in, in a particular time in world history. Now, regardless of what you choose to call it, As I said, I know others are experiencing some of the same energies of change that I'm sensing, starting with the COVID pandemic, the landslide presidential election that included the first multiracial woman vice president, the landmark guilty verdict of a police officer murdering a black man in the line of duty. The decision is in the stars. The universe is shifting. The reign of inequality and unchecked white authority is coming to an end. And it's beginning to play itself out on the physical plane. Oh, don't get it twisted. Right now, we are experiencing on a social, political, racial, and economic landscape white traditionalists resisting the inevitable redistribution of power and equality. They are hell-bent on maintaining absolute rule and authority by any means necessary. So I think it's time for the rest of us to accept that the restructuring of power and equality won't come at the hands of the calloused hearts of white traditionalists. The restructuring of power and equality is going to come at the hands of those of us who have an understanding mind and a hearing heart. The universe has set the stage for the the evolution of humanity. From here, the road forward is up to we, the receptive people, who are willing to be the embodiment of a new spirit. So I'm just going to reiterate what I've said in other episodes. The cosmic energies are aligned. The universe is recalibrating itself and African-Americans are being called upon to lead the charge in the current evolution of humanity. Hell, I'm almost at a point of thinking that the universe is pushing us by provoking acts of righteous indignation. Our wealth of creative energy Our intellect and resourcefulness has allowed us as African-Americans to be at the forefront of all other evolutions of humanity. And this is no different. It really reminds me um, of a a call I had with my grandson um, last year, December 20th, 2020. But here's how the conversation went. He said, hey, grandmother, what's all the talk on social media about black people waking up with superpowers after tomorrow? I said, what? He said, yeah, tomorrow on the 21st, something about the planets uh, and black people getting superpowers. You're all into that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm asking you. I was like, man, I ain't into social media like that. So I don't know what the hell you talking about. Take that tinfoil hat off your head and stop reading so much, you know, social media. Anyway, black folks ain't getting superpowers. We've always had superpowers. 
It's just that slavery and Jim Crow caused a sense of amnesia and we've forgotten or we are afraid of our powers. December 21st, 2020 was the winter solstice and the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. And those two planets were only 0.1 degrees apart. Now, astronomers use the term great conjunction to describe the coming together of the two largest planets in our solar system, Jupiter and Saturn. Now, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, they, they happen every 20 years. The last one was on May 28, 2000. But the 2020 Jupiter-Saturn conjunction was more of a big deal because it occurred on the night of the winter solstice. And it could also be seen with the naked eye. Now, if you didn't see it, oh my goodness, it was just amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Now, the conjunction hasn't been this close to Earth since 1623. And the last time it was close enough to be seen with the naked eye was 1226. Now, they're saying that it may take another 794 years before a conjunction of this magnitude occurs again. So this was a big cosmic deal. And in this episode, I want to explore the cosmic effects of the great conjunction of 2020 and the commotion on social media about the convergence of this cosmic anomaly releasing superpowers uh, in the black community and whether there's something to it. (laughs) So, but before we get into today's discussion, I gotta do my two cents my contribution to Black History 365. And since I'm going to focus on the cosmic anomalies of 2020, I want to honor our ancestral practice of astrology. Now, from the very beginning of time, our ancestors practiced uh, a, a, an ancient tradition called judiciary astrology. Uh, it was also known as God's judgment or decisions announced in the stars. The ancestors believed that the position and motions of the celestial bodies influenced our physical and psychological being, our health, prosperity, temperament, and our actions. Through laws and customs honoring the gods, it was the belief that the ancestors of one's people and the elderly maintain a harmonious balance between the natural and spirit worlds. They created a a spiritual space apart from the white European world that included healing arts, songs, dance, and other ways of connecting to the spirit world. And even though our ancestors practiced and believed in astrology and esoteric workers, when you Google anything dealing with the esoteric community, and that by that I mean astrology, tarot card readings, shamans, apothecaries, and, and, and any other mystic workers, there is an overwhelming representation of white folks. This is because our ancestral spiritual practices and deities have been demonized. So we're afraid of them, but that's a, that's another show topic we'll get into later. 
Now, you may not know this, but astrologers today owe a great deal of respect to an African-American who made significant contributions to astrology by mapping the motion of the planets, moons, and stars. This African-American astrologer was Benjamin Banneker. Born free in 1731, Banneker taught himself astronomy and mathematics. Many considered him as the first African-American scientist. Now, Banneker first earned public acclaim when he was 21 years old by building a, a clock made entirely of wood. The clock is believed to be the first built in America, and it kept precise time for over 40 years before it was destroyed in a fire. At the age of 58, Banneker began making astronomical uh, calculations that enabled him to successfully forecast a, a solar eclipse. Now, his predictions of the occurrence contradicted the predictions of well-known white mathematicians and astronomers. But Banneker's estimations proved to be extraordinarily accurate. Banneker was also a skilled surveyor, and he helped to lay out Washington, D.C., uh, as we know it today, by using a tool he built that determined the surveying waypoints by the position of the stars. In his free time, Banneker wrote and published his own yearly almanac uh, for several years. The, the almanac included information on medicines and herbal uh, remedies, information on the tides, weather predictions, and astronomical ca uh, calculations. He used nothing but a telescope to map the stars and the eclipses. And this simple method won him scientific honors. And it's still being, his method is still being used by astrologers to track the planets uh, and zodiac movements today. Banneker's significant accomplishments and correspondence with prominent political figures gave him a, a platform to advocate uh, for racial equality. And he used his almanac to voice his social and political views. Benjamin Banneker, Arthur, former scientist and surveyor. He died in 1806. His accomplishments are preserved at the Smithsonian Institute. His methods continue, as I said earlier, to impact astronomy today. Now, back to the celestial event of the great Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Many numerologists and astrologers said that 2020 would be a year of mental and emotional clarity that we would see things as they really are and with clear perception. Uh, and 2020 did not disappoint. Now, as my grandson was attempting to explain to me what was going on, a couple of questions immediately came to mind. But, I, you know, I, I'm knowing he couldn't answer them. And so I said, okay, honey, man, I'll, I'll, I'll just check it out. But I have to admit my curiosity was inspired by the joy in his voice about black folks waking up with superpowers. So instead of just dismissing what he was saying as nonsense, I decided I'm going to actually check this thing out. So one thing I know for sure, the universe doesn't discriminate. It functions on balance and equality. So the opportunity to acquire these alleged superpowers would befall anybody that is receptive and open to receiving 
these cosmic energies. Now, my curiosity wanted to explore how the notion about black folks waking up with superpowers got started and then what effects the celestial events actually had on humanity, our, our current social events, um, as well as our the physical world as we know it. And here's what I found. OK, but I'll, I'll start with the straightforward stuff. Many astrologers believe that the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on December 21st, 2020, marked the dawning of the age of Aquarius. The International uh, Astronomical Union notes that the age of Aquarius isn't part of astronomy. It is an astrological age, which occurs because of an actual motion of the Earth known as precision. Now, the age of Aquarius in astrology is either the current or approaching astrological age of cosmic energy. Many astrologers believe the rare and powerful planetary alignment on December 21st was announcing significant upcoming changes uh, and shifting energies that would significantly impact our personal lives and our collective social system. Now, the Aquarius energy is about innovation. On a personal level, these energies awaken us to unbelievable possibilities and miracles found in the light of clarity. The Aquarius energy thrives on creativity and insights. It's obvious to me, based on our current social landscape, the Aquarius energy is actually orchestrating a series of mutual experiences like COVID. It's holding us responsible for pushing beyond our fears and biases to develop innovative ways to coexist. Now, astrologers also say the close union of these two planets will cause the cosmic energies to be felt more powerfully especially as it relates to our social issues. Its impact on us will awaken a spirit of protest against the status quo, like uh, creative revolutionary thinking that focuses on a more collaborative, equitable, and productive future. Now, other anomalies also happened during 2020 that added to these energies. Uh, for instance, the average number of eclipses in a year is usually four. But in 2020, there were six eclipses that occurred. There were two solar eclipses and four lunar eclipses. Astrologers say that, that when an eclipse occurs, its energies cause us to be more discerning and receptive to the world around us. COVID slowed the world down. And as each eclipse occurred during 2020, our eyes were open and many astrologers believe that the COVID pandemic, the protests against police violence and the political and social unrest are clear indicators that a powerful new age of humanity, democracy, liberation and social evolution is on the horizon. Now, so that that's the straightforward stuff. So what really got people talking about getting superpowers on social media in the first place? But let me first say uh, most of it was sarcastic silliness. 
but it started with a Twitter conspiracy post about COVID being created to attack African-Americans immune system. But the mysterious somebody altered the virus, causing it to affect everybody. The post went on to say the government's ultimate motive in creating COVID was to alter the genetic code of black folks. Now, in response to that post, someone else posed the question, how would modifying the genetic code of black Americans or the black population benefit the government? The original poster responded by saying, and I quote, black people are genetically stronger, smarter, and more creative than anyone else. On December 21st, our real DNA would be unlocked and the majority of black Americans would be able to do things that we thought were fiction, end quote. The poster ended with, learn who you are as a people, they want to make us average. And with this, black Twitter went ballistic. Let me say, as far as conspiracies go, through the years, I've had a few conspiracy theories of my own. And and yes, sometimes I have allowed my imagination to run wild. But while I chuckle, I don't want to minimize the poster's intentions um, because there is value in the spirit of the post. It just might not have been articulated and received in the spirit that it was intended. But you know what? Hell, it's Twitter. You can't possibly make a coherent argument in what? 250, 270 characters or something like that. Uh, But anyway, uh, I want to to unpack the poster's assertions and, and give you my thoughts on it. And then you can decide for yourself whether there is value in the statement or not. The first claim was black people are genetically stronger, smarter, and more creative than anyone else. Now, I believe that there is truth in that statement. However, I need to point out a a couple of things. First, competition, judgment, and comparisons are the assertions of a fragile ego. The universe, supreme spirit, doesn't operate on a ranking system. So there is no such thing as more than or less than, inferior or superior. There is only life and purpose. In other words, we are all the physical extension of a non-physical supreme spirit. Divine power is bestowed on all of us. Our genetic abilities correlate with our physical and psychological survival needs and our life's divine purpose. It's, It's just my belief that we cheapen our divine power when our sole motive is to prove ourselves better than someone else. Now, I've learned the painful lesson that comparing ourselves to others is an ultimate form of self-betrayal and suicide to our self-confidence. Now, secondly, many responded to the Twitter post with mockery and silly memes Now, this reminds me of a situation involving Kristen Clark, uh, President Biden's pick to be the first black woman to head the DOJ Civil Rights Division. Now, Clark came under fire by white Republican men during her confirmation hearing for a statement asserting black superiority. Texas Senator John Cornyn went all the way right wing, showing his white fragility. 
by accusing Clark of being a reverse racist because of a statement in an article she co-authored while in college. The article proposed that African-Americans were genetically superior to whites. Clark later said in, you know, in an interview that the article was merely satire meant to fight one ridiculous racist theory with another absurd theory. As I watched Clark appease the fragile egos uh, of these white men, I I asked, and I kind of got ticked off, and I asked, why is it that African-Americans, we have to frame our excellence as satire so we don't upset the insecurities of white America? From the time our ancestors set foot on the shores of America, we've been brainwashed with the lie that Africans were inferior to everyone else, primarily white Americans. But the moment we confront the lie by asserting our divine truth, we are either faced with white anger or mockery. As I said, there is truth in the first claim. And here's why. African-Americans are physically and mentally resilient, strong, agile, creative, and resourceful. This is not rocket science. African-Americans came here with this natural abilities or capabilities that were endowed to us for our region of birth. Our history in America merely colonized these proficiencies and they became more of a necessity of survival in this land. There's a well-known proverb that says, necessity is the mother of invention. Put differently, when the need to do something becomes crucial, oh, you, you are forced to find ways of getting it done. But think about it. The intention of damn near 250 years of slavery demanded that Africans labor in foreign wastelands and hostile territories. They were expected to build infrastructures to establish this country, bring forth food from the ground to feed this country, and harvest massive crops that brought wealth to this country. Our ancestors' deep spiritual connection to the earth and the celestial energies allowed them to bond with the foreign soil and adapt it to its ever-changing ecosystem. And as the ecosystem evolved and the demands to establish, feed, and bring forth wealth to this country increased, their wisdom, strength, and resourcefulness evolved and increased too. We have a multi-layered, painful, and complex past in America, and it still remains that way. The tears, sweat, blood, and bones of our ancestors fertilize the ground of America, yet we remain resilient, bringing forth human life under the worst conditions. Our resourcefulness, the power within our spirits has allowed us to thrive under centuries of hardships and cruelties. We're still human, but with all that we've gone through in this country, I guess you could say we are superhuman. Which leads me to the poster's second assertion. On December 21st, our real DNA would be unlocked and the majority of black Americans would be able to do things we thought were fiction. I believe the poster's use of the word fiction doesn't mean fantastical, make-believe, or unrealistic, but instead things we thought would never happen, things that were unconventional or unheard of. 
The truth of this statement has really started to manifest itself before our very eyes. But we really shouldn't be surprised because achieving the incredible runs through our DNA. I mean, really, it's now being recognized that pre-transatlantic slave trade, the African continent was the birthplace of humanity and the foundation of civilization. The world is still amazed and in awe by the significant achievements of Kemet, which we now know as ancient Egypt. Early African civilizations are finally being credited for the, the rise of numerous uh, scientific developments, engineering, mathematics, architecture, medicine, early political advances. Uh, they're in, in extensive international training networks with India, China, and other parts of Asia, as well as their transatlantic travel. All of this occurred long before the disruption of European intrusion. So what am I saying? Slavery, Jim Crow, it, that, that's not where our physical existence began, but rather chapters of a more meaningful novel that hasn't been completed yet. It's a novel of ebbs and flows, triumphs and loss, grandeur and oppression, selflessness and betrayal. When we embrace the fact that our power as a people is rooted in our whole history, it's at that moment our real DNA will be unlocked and we will be able to do things that are unheard of. Maybe a more accurate statement would be to continue the legacy and marvels of our ancestors. We keep letting others define and narrate the chapters of slavery and Jim Crow when it's our story to tell. But the only reason why others continue to bastardize our story in the way that they do is because we're ashamed or afraid to own our story. And we got to stop that shit. We've been fed the bullshit lie that Africans were ignorant savages created by God to be submissive to white power and domination. Our African ancestors did all kinds of shit to escape captivity. What is also in our DNA is the strong spirit of freedom. I'll say it again. Black folks ain't getting superpowers. History proves we've always had superpowers that brought about meaningful change and advancements of humanities. It's just that we are the victims of forced amnesia through slavery and Jim Crow. Here we are, six, seven generations after a ship full of enslaved Africans came to America. Despite our traumatic history in this country, at the core of our souls, we remain strong, resilient, intelligent, and hopeful. And now the universe is reawakening the memory of our birthright. But there's a glitch in coming out of amnesia and regaining our memory. Because we've never really had the opportunity to experience the fullness of who we are uninterrupted, we fear and doubt our inherited powers. They're foreign to us. Oftentimes we feel disoriented, but it's the disorientation that causes us to second guess ourselves and feel unworthy of a higher quality of life. As the poster asserted, after December 21st, the majority of black Americans will be able to do things on an individual level that we ourselves will think is surreal. 
Here's just a few of African-Americans who have shown achieving the incredible runs through our DNA. Dr. Kismika Corbett, lead scientist on the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine team. Victor Glover, first black astronaut to live and work at the International Space Station for an extended amount of time. I guess you can say he had an extended stay. (laughs) Amanda Gorman, youngest inaugural poet in the United States history. Raphael Warnock, Georgia's first black senator. Now, Warnock's victory is a significant breakthrough for African-Americans in Southern politics, but it is the result of the collaboration of former State House Democrat leader Stacey Abrams, Black activists, and thousands of Black voters who aligned with the new spirit of our time. Warnock even said himself that his victory was stunning. Kirby Jean Raymond, the first African-American designer to present at the Paris Couture Week. Sandra Lindsay, first American to get the COVID vaccine outside of trials. Not the first black American, but the first American to get the COVID vaccine. Nicholas Johnson, Princeton's first black valedictorian. Cori Bush, Missouri's first black congresswoman. Sydney Barber, U.S. Naval Academy's first black woman brigade commander. Johnson Wright, first black president of the National Football League team. And while we're talking about superpowers, Nia DaCosta, the first black woman to direct a Marvel film, and Daniel Cherry has been named senior VP and general manager of DC Comics. Many other unrecognized African-Americans have broken their mental chains and freed their voices to do things at a grassroots level. We may never know these game changers, but what they are doing is just as significant to the spirit of the times and the evolution of humanity. We will be seeing many more first titles and achievements described as stunning. Now, the poster's final assertion ended with, learn who you are as a people. They want to make us average. By my calculations, America's social system has done a damn good job at oppressing or neutralizing the spirit of many African-Americans. For instance, the 61-year-old black man that testified at Chauvin's trial is an example of this. The gentleman said that he told George Floyd to just give up. You can't win. The many black voices that have told me, what difference does it make? Ain't nothing going to change. The unbridled anger that rages in the streets neutralizes our effectiveness and justifies discrimination in the minds of many. White Americans firmly believe that America is their manifest destiny. But the soil of America has been fertilized, as I said before, by the tears, the sweat, the bones and blood of our African bodies. And that damn sure secures America as our manifest destiny too. So we have to change the way we live on the soil of this country. I would say we don't need to learn who we are as a people. We need to remember and trust who we are as a people. To play off the superpower ideal, all of the Marvel and DC comic superhero movies I've watched over the years, and I've watched a lot of them as my son has grown up, Okay, there is a constant theme. 
The characters that acquire these superpowers have to learn three things. First, to trust their worthiness to receive the power. Second, to embody that power and trust themselves to use it. And thirdly, to be keenly aware of their power source and uphold an allegiance to protect the sanctity of the power that enables them. Now, our enslaved ancestors attempted to do this by keeping their cultural rites, rituals, and cosmologies alive despite the cruelties of their conditions. Yet, in the 21st century, we find ourselves cut off from our indigenous spiritual practices and the trust in our inherent power. We've conformed to the doctrine of capitalism and discriminative competition. We practice a religion that sanctions condemnation, inequality, retribution, delay, and denial. What's left is a community faced with numerous ongoing psychological wounds and distresses, always looking outside ourselves for a savior, but never going within ourselves to bring into being the savior within us. Don't get it twisted. The social system in America is not interested in trying to make us average. Its one goal has always been to break our spirit. That's why we can no longer ignore, deny, or minimize the importance of our inner well-being. I think it's way past time to stop focusing on what this country will and will not do for the African-American community. It's time to turn our focus inward for some much-needed self-care of ourselves as individuals and then as a community. Here's the thing. If there are superpowers to be had in the black community, we will discover them through meditation and self-reconciliation. Through this practice, we will rediscover the sovereign intuitive powers we've been robbed of, taught to resist, or to be made afraid of. Through meditation and self-reconciliation, we will begin to heal the psychological injuries and scars we bear. But sadly, when you talk to the average African-American about meditation, what you'll get is responses like, I don't have time to sit and do nothing. I can't turn off my thoughts. Or when I start meditating, I just fall asleep. Some even believe that meditation is a gateway to evil forces. But these comments or this mindset really reveals a comfort to remain in our romance with mediocrity. The African-American community is at a fork in the road. As individuals, we have to make some radical, ballsy decisions about what path we will take from here, what we want our life to represent, and the legacy we will continue or leave for future generations. One path is a fear-based mindset of scarcity, poverty, and victimhood. It's a familiar hell filled with tolerable miseries and a lesser quality of life. The other path is a mindset of freedom, power, and creativity. It's the road less traveled, an uncharted territory of discovery, offering an opportunity to think, speak, create, and live our truth. Now, while I don't believe people are getting any Marvel or DC comic-like superpowers, it's said that art imitates life. So maybe Marvel and DC comics are really emulating what we have yet to recognize. We all have powers beyond our beliefs. I got to say, though, 
We may not want to admit it, but just like Marvel's Black Panther allowed us to imagine the powers within us, to to recognize the depth of our ingenuity and talents. I think that one tweet about black folks' real DNA being unlocked to achieve supernatural things struck a nerve. And I wouldn't be surprised if some who read the Twitter thread might have heard the hidden Wakanda theme song within them, even if it was just for a minute. But hey, maybe you feel like a cape or a hood will help you channel your inner superhero. If it gets you there, I say go for it. I won't judge. (laughs) But just remember, all the superpowers in the world don't mean a damn thing if we as black Americans are unwilling to heal ourselves of a mindset that acts as kryptonite to our overall well-being. Nothing's worse than a superhero that is psychologically wounded. Ah, that music means it's time for the world according to Penny. Now, our extraordinary history of resilience, strength, agility, and resourcefulness is why each of us within the African-American community has a purpose in bringing about the next evolution of humanity. Within us is a sacred expressive life force the power to do things beyond our current state of being. The question facing us, though, is whether we will give ourselves permission to take ownership of and embody this power. We're in a very unsettling space of existence between who we're intended to be and the lie we've agreed to live. We can't possibly live our life's truth, create or assert the power we have within us until the truth is more valuable than the lie we've grown comfortable in. But like me, many of us live life manipulated by our learned inhibitions and inherited weaknesses. We're taught to oppress our sacred expressive life force, to oppress ourself through fear and self-doubt. But the soul of this country will change through you. There is no other way. These cosmic anomalies of 2020 have announced Elohim's decision, and it's a simple one. As physical extensions of Elohim's non-physical Holy Spirit, we are free and capable of bailing ourselves out of the shit we are in. However, it calls for divine intervention and guidance because this shit has some deep roots. The same cosmic power and energies that guided notables like the three wise men, Harriet Tubman, Benjamin Banneker, Nat Turner, and so many other revolutionaries through past social and human evolutions are also forever and always available to us. This guidance, it's nearer than our hearts and closer than our hands, is in our minds and is heard as our voice. It's just a matter of giving ourselves permission to align with these energies, trust the inherent power we are given, and then utilize that power. We have to speak truth to the myth that the universe only calls upon the exceptional to be the instruments of significant change. This is the lie of our inherited weaknesses and learned inhibitions. What we consider as small, insignificant actions can instigate the most meaningful changes. 
Think about the young lady who was led to use the resources she had available in her hand. At that moment, she summoned the powers within her and recorded the murder of George Floyd, which changed the trajectory of the whole incident. What, what resources do you already have in your hands? We obsess over our tangible resources or money and totally neglect our non-tangible resources, such as our thoughts, creativity, our discernment, our feelings, experienced wisdom, the belief and confidence in ourselves, and other non-tangible attributes. The one superpower we all have is introspection, which allows us to change our inner world, our thoughts, beliefs, and perceptions. When we exercise and strengthen this ability, we can do things that we thought were impossible. You see, life, liberty, and prosperity are everyone's inheritance. But here's the catch. It's an inheritance that must be felt on the inside first. The way I look at it is this. You, you have to have a mindset that you're only pursuing what belongs to you, your life's truth, liberty, and prosperity. What we feel and think about our potential to achieve the unbelievable and whether we trust our worthiness to be called to do the task will either block our manifest destiny or free it. In other words, the power within my DNA is unlocked when I no longer see any value in being miserable, when I no longer see the benefit of shrinking myself for the sake of inflating somebody else's ego or being cast in the role of the victim. When I change the way I see me, when the superficial me I created for public consumption becomes less attractive and I learn to value my sacred expressive life force, then the real me will emerge. Doing my self-work Giving myself permission to express itself in its own way was an initial shock to my ego's nervous system because it wasn't in control. And when the ego is not in control, it acts out through fear, stirring up shit to keep us doubtful and frustrated. And this kind of fear is what I call a fragile ego's alternative reality. My old self was constantly manipulated by my fragile ego. I was always drowning in the chaos of my self-doubt and insecurities. But I'm learning sometimes in complete distress and mental blindness to navigate the waters of uncertainty by letting go of my shallow perceptions of things. I see in part. I know in part. I have no clue about the end game. And that acknowledgement is an assault on my ego. I'm not entirely confident about my path forward. And my ego doesn't miss an opportunity to try to reassert it's crazy. However, I'm now able to neutralize my internal noise by reminding myself to stay in the moment and rely on what my intuition moves me to do. Giving ourselves permission to think, create, speak, and achieve through the energy of our divine truth is an alliance between our emotional, intellectual, and spiritual attributes. It's not one or the other. And this alliance is built on two extraordinary factors, trust and our permission. Trust in our worthiness, our divine allies, and our manifest destiny. 
we have a large crowd of witnesses around us. The crowd of witnesses refers to our divine allies, the universe, our celestial team of angels, spirit guides, cosmic energies, and the spirits of our ancestors. They are witnesses to our inheritance. They not only bear witness to our legacy, the essence of their divine energy and wisdom is the lifeblood that flows through us. However, without our permission, our divine allies, our crowd of witnesses, can only be bystanders in the deep of our unconsciousness waiting for us to acknowledge and ask for their assistance. The cosmic anomalies of 2020 forcibly removed our blinders, and it's now presenting us with an enormous choice between truth or fear, freedom or tyranny. We cannot neglect this choice, hope it goes away, or that somebody else decides for us. We have to take ownership of our choice and determine what our life will stand for. From here, the road forward is up to we, the receptive people, who are willing to be the embodiment of a new spirit. Remember, you are never the victim of life. You are always a student of purpose. So what skill or higher consciousness are you learning? What task or message has your life been preparing you for? I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Straight Vibes, No Chasers. And I certainly hope you will keep listening and grow with me in this journey. If you like the show, please do me a favor. Leave me a comment. Or if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend. Okay. Also visit my website, pennymurray.com to find out more about my work and how you can support or be a part of the dialogue on Straight Vibes, No Chasers. Now, in the next episode, I will be introducing a special segment to Straight Vibes, No Chasers called Changing the Conversation at the Dinner Table. Now, in these shows, I'm going to be having a conversation with everyday individuals who are doing their self-work to prepare themselves to be the embodiment of a new spirit. The decision has already been made in the stars and they just want to be a part of it. So again, thanks for listening. And as always, I leave you with my closing assertion for your life. You are as spirit created you, endowed with power and authority to manifest positive outcomes and the divine wisdom to bring about meaningful change. Give yourself permission to trust, live, create, and speak your life's truth. Ashe. You've been listening to Straight Vibes, No Chasers with Dr. Penny Murray. Listen and subscribe to our podcast from your mobile device with your favorite podcast app. If you have any questions, topic ideas, comments, or want to invite Dr. Murray to speak at your next event, go to contact us at pennymurray.com. If you're in the North Dallas, Texas area, we invite you to become a member of the inner wellness community by taking part of the African American Council on Fear.